Okay, I guess I'll ask. How was your first winter <laughs> in Connecticut? Confusing. Oh, no. <laughs> I have no idea how to dress up for the winter. Oh, no. No. Welcome to Revelations, the place where we speak truth to power. I'm Cole Johnson, and I'm so glad you're able to join us. S-A-R-O-E-U-P. That is how you spell my next guest's name, but she goes by another one. She grew up in Cambodia and left home to attend college only to experience something extremely horrible. Her journey took her away from genocidal terror, and she became a refugee escaping to the United States. Now, she encourages people to be whole in body, mind, and spirit. Ladies and gentlemen, public speaker, the author of How I Survived the Killing Fields, and also a videocast co-host, Sarah M. And this is her revelation. Welcome to Revelation, Sarah. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me, Cole. Oh, no problem. No problem. It is my pleasure to have you on this platform. Uh, your story definitely uh, has touched me, and I think it will touch many in uh, in my audience because we need more people like you. And this first segment that we're going to go into, well, you basically live this way. <laughs> so what we're going to do now is we're going to with you and to the audience, we're going to open the way. Now, in Open the Way, conversations start when vulnerability enters the room. And for you, you are a Cambodian native. And, of course, we'll talk about what happened while you were there. But how was your childhood? My childhood was beautiful. Mm. I remember vividly living in a small village in the countryside uh, with my parents, uh, who are farmers. And our home is located, surrounded by nature and very close to the river, the flowing freshwater river. So that's my childhood looked like. Nice. Okay. All right. All right. So let me see if I can climb into your home. Uh, 
it, you said that it, it was beautiful uh, and you said it was it was a, a wonderful experience. Uh, what did your parents instill in you when you were young? They instilled in me that I need to have higher education. Okay. And they don't want they don't want me to become a farmer. They they realize that farming is a hard work and they love me so much that they don't want me to work as hard as them. <laughs> and hmm. I was the firstborn child. Right. And I was loved and I feel secure. Nice. Nice, nice. Yeah, and I, I remember hearing in, in doing my research that you were the oldest child in 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 your your family. Uh, well, if you don't mind my asking, how many siblings do you have or did you have? As a young girl, I had one brother. And then when I was become a teenager, my mom had two more boys. Okay. So I altogether I had three younger brothers. Oh, okay. So three younger brothers. All right. So uh, what responsibility did you have as being the oldest sibling and being basically an older sister to three boys? Well, I, I have taken care of my, my brothers. Mm-hmm. And as the oldest daughter, I become a caregiver to my mom when she became paralyzed. At one point, she had an accident and she became completely paralyzed and, and lifeless and lay flat on her back for four long years. And I, I took care of my mom with my loving heart. I love my mom so much. I would do anything to get her health back. So that means... I was not, I did not grumble. I did not express my resentful or anything like that. I'm just cheerful and I took care of her and my little baby brother at the time that my mom became sick. So we, we built such a strong bond as a family. Yeah. So that's what kept me, I think, that was the strongest strongest contribution to the resiliency that I have to tell Hmm. you the truth. Wow. And yes, we will definitely get to more of your story where you have definitely forged even further and strengthened even more that resiliency that you now currently can recall uh, as early as then, as, as when you were in the house of your parents, uh, if you have to think of three happy moments while you were uh, living with your parents, which three would those moments be? Three. Uh, the moment when when we well, when we are together, mm-hmm. my mom expressed her love for me, and she would share her secret to me. What whatever her feeling is she shared to me and she told me that she loved me and she wouldn't do anything to hurt me even at some point this is my family secret but i'm telling you this Mm -hmm. my mom was so angry at my dad 
she want to walk away but because of her love for me she fearful that we will be separated if she's if she's separate from my dad we will not be able to be together hmm. so so i'm i'm just appreciate my mom so much to open her heart to me wow yeah that is so touching wow that is really so touching um and you have the, any go go ahead and and the second uh, moment is that uh I, I did very well in school mm. because my parents encouraged me to keep staying in school and they did not drive me to work in the farm with them. They want me just to stay home, just sit at my little little desk and if I run out of homework to do, I do the drawing. I love drawing pictures. So I enjoy oh. my quiet time doing something about my school, my work, my you know, my drawing. So mm -hmm. I love my life. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Let's see that. I did not know. And artist as well. You have so many gifts and talents. Wow. Okay. All right. Uh, what, what good memory of your father do you have? Memory about my father. My mm -hmm. father loved me. Yeah. You know, um, I witnessed him get angry at my brother and sometimes he beat my brother because mm -hmm. it's, it's a form of, uh, of discipline. Right. But he never beat me. Mm. So mm -hmm. I, I translate that. I said, my, my dad loved me so much, even though he <laughs> sometimes, <laughs> sometimes he, he was not that happy, but he didn't beat me. Oh my. <laughs> you know what's funny about that. So my wife uh told me she has a younger brother herself. And when I first got married to her, she said to me, "You know, my father would whip my brother, but he never spanked me once." So <laughs> you, So you is, know what I mean. <laughs> yes. So this is not the first time I've heard that story of a father's love with her daughter being translated to, but he never spanked me like he did my brother. So, <laughs> so that is awesome. Sarah M. Right after this, there's a 100% chance of a laugh thunderstorm. Four men with different viewpoints take a movie, show, or documentary and review it uncensored, unfiltered, uncompromised, with no holds barred. Join BS3, Wilkes, King Doc, and HRAP B as they take on Hollywood their own way. BS3 Network proudly presents The Forecast, where HRAP always predicts If I owe you something, I ain't got it. And if you need it, get it from God! Live every Monday at 8.30pm Central 
Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. Discouragement, sorrow, distance. Your arguments cause damage to your family. The hurt leads to divorce. You feel like there is nowhere else to turn. But there is hope for you. That's where we come into play. There is an overcomer that lives inside of you. One ready to take on the world as you leap for joy, living in victory. You'll grow to love yourself and others. There's life after divorce, and you can claim it today. Get over divorce, where your new story begins here every Thursday on YouTube and Spreaker. author, public speaker, and I guess you say an inspiration to us all, Sarah M. Joining us here on Revelations, she just opened the way, wonderful personality that she is. And now it is time for us to take that walk across the bridge to prosperity. Now, Bridge to Prosperity, you link childhood lessons to adult application. Your parents in, uh, instilled in you this need of education. And so, of course, you were geared up to go to college. So where were you going to go to college? I went to um, Phnom Penh, which is the capital city of Cambodia. Mm-hmm. Um, Phnom Penh is about 300 miles away from my hometown. So that means I left my family behind. Right. And um, I attend uh, engineering school wow. because I was good at math. Oh in high school, in, in our country, we had to choose the major. We had three major in high school. Oh, just three. But, okay. Yeah, the, the last year of high school. Mm-hmm. So, um, literature, mm-hmm. science, or math. So I choose math. Believe it or not, I'm the only girl in the class. <laughs> so with math, what can I do in college? There's very few options. One of them is to go on to teach. And the other option may be economic school. And then the, the other option is uh, engineering. So I chose engineering. Hmm. Wow. So I, I was not that passionate about engineering, but it's not many options available at that time. And and to me, <laughs> I'm hearing engineering and of course you obviously you're a very intelligent person. But just judging by the work I've seen, I'm thinking, she didn't go to literature? Wow, okay. Well, <laughs> that's an extra question I will ask later. Okay. All right. All right, so you went to college. Uh, did you finish college there? No, no, I did not have a chance because the country was collapsed. Yeah, so I thought. So 
see if I can think about the time where this happened. So uh, this would be what the mid seventies or so. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And, I know, and I know there was a lot of upheaval definitely w- with us here in the States because they were in Vietnam at the time. Uh, and of course, many in Southeast Asia was starting to become more uh, communist in, in philosophy and in, in politics. Yeah. So I'm assuming that's also what happened with you. Yeah. And how did the interruption of you and your college career came with the sweeping of communist rule in your area? Oh, it's so abrupt. It's so damaging. Um, hmm. When they took over a country, they, they matched in in the military style with the military truck and tank hmm. and the automatic weapon and all the soldiers matching with the wow. big, big uh, guns on their shoulders. Yeah. It's very scary. I bet. Yeah, and everything was shut down. No, no marketplace. No office building open. No uh, communication line. No restaurant of anything. There's nothing was open at that time, including the school. So. Oh wow! So they shut everything down. Wow. Okay. Imagine, imagine if you keep all your money in the bank, you cannot even go get your your money. But even though you withdraw your money, Mm -hmm. you cannot buy anything. There's nothing for sale. There's nobody sell anything. Wow. Wow. That's Mm. how how drastic that looked like. Oh my gosh, man. So we talked about when your country got overtaken. Uh, What what did they have the citizens in Cambodia do when that actually happened? First of all, they evacuated us. They evacuated everybody from the city. Imagine there are hundreds and thousands of people live in the capital city and they went door to door, just demanding everybody need to get out. They point the gun at us, get out, get out right now. Oh, hmm. So you have no chance to gather anything. So, you know, we we just have a few clothes in a little bank, whatever we can carry. And a little bit of food that we have cooked the, the night before. And that's all we have. If we run out those fo- of that food, you just be hungry. There's no place to buy. Oh my gosh! Mm. Yeah, that's how drastic that was. Wow! And the change was that sudden. It is. Wow. It is sudden. It it just wow. night and day. Mm. Wow! All right. So if I were to say the name. Khmer Rouge, what comes to your soul? Khmer Rouge. Mm-hmm. The madness. Yeah. Madness. Yeah. Unhuman. Yeah. 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 
And so, from what I understand, uh, that was the regime uh, that basically ruled all of, over all of you. And yes. they created, I, I guess you could say, for lack of better terms, uh, concentration camp settings. So, what was a normal day like in that type of setting for you? Yeah, after we were evacuated, we mm-hmm. were all scattered all over the the, the village, the mm-hmm. countryside, and in the jungle. So I and I'm in the big camp, mm-hmm. the fourth labor camp, where um, where they push us to work extremely hard. Right. Yeah, we we work in the sun in the heat all day long like about 16 hours a day and (laughs) no time to rest we work seven days a week and we have very little time to sleep and very little food to eat imagine that exhausted hungry sleepy and then eventually we'll we most of us are sick right yeah, our system, our body break down because uh, we were just a, was abused big time. Hmm. I can imagine. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so did you fall ill? I would assume you did, but I don't want to truly assume. Uh, did you fall ill? Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I contracted a few disease, pretty bad disease, like mm-hmm. malaria, typhoid. And a few others. So, yeah, very mm-hmm. serious. So, how was uh, how was hospital care during that time when you actually contract these diseases? The hospital, there is just a name, but there is no treatment. Oh man! There is a a, a better hospital somewhere far away. Mm-hmm. That's for the people, for their own people. For their own people. Ugh. Yeah. For for us, we just go to the name only hospital without treatment. <sighs> so that sounds like a hospice where mm-hmm. they just house you in the place. And if you die, so be it. Yes. Yes. It's a wow. place for, it's the place for us waiting for our time. Oh my gosh. Wow. So in this hopeless situation, because that is extremely hopeless and, 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 and balancing that with the hope that you received when you were growing up, uh, what hope did you grab onto during such a terror ridden time? I was still hopeful. I would just imagine one of these days, I will be able to be reunited with my family. Mm-hmm. It was naive on my part, I think, mm-hmm. but but I had to keep that thought. I had to keep that imagination. Otherwise, I will give up and I would ne- never have a chance to survive. Many of my friends that are in the same boat as I did, many of them did not make it. It, it, it. 
I am just so helpless to see my friend die off every day and I couldn't do anything to help them. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So, so, so horrible. Wow. Mm. You just don't think that humanity could be that cruel. You, you wouldn't think they would be that evil, but unfortunately, you got a chance to see that up close and personal. Yes, yes, people. People can be cruel. People can be heartless. Yeah. Um, can turn away from suffering. Mm-hmm. And um, it's so sad. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah, it is. We'll be right back with more Sarah M. This is Revelation. Alicia. You can't hold somebody to that standard if you haven't voiced what you want mm-hmm. and what you're needing from that. Mika. If you're not communicating expectations, you're waiting for your feelings to be hurt. Nicole. Yeah. A lot of people don't want to take the time out to be alone and to get themselves together. Ivan. You got to be willing to work through stuff. And from the jump street, y'all done had problems. Maybe yeah. you don't need to be working through those. BS3 Network proudly presents... Queen 3 and King Podcast. Live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central. Are you looking for something to do on your lunch break? Well, there's a show on the BS3 Network that has only four words to say to you. Central. Author, public speaker, motivational uh, tool <laughs> in in person, and a co-host of a co-host of a video show. Sarah M. joins me here on Revelations. She opened the way. She walked across that bridge. Now it is time to get behind the purpose.
Now, behind the purpose, this is the reason why we function the way we do. And throughout all of this, throughout all of what you just described to me, the fact you were in a forced labor camp and you work 16-hour days, seven days a week, and then you contracted the disease, or the disease is, I should say, to where you were put in basically hospice care. You, I believe I saw that you had a discovery with Jesus. So how did you discover him in the midst of such torture, such terror, and such evil? How I discover my my purpose. My purpose is my family. Mm. My goal is to just to survive so that I can go back to my hometown to find my family to help out. So that's my purpose. Now that I got trapped in this uh, situation and I'm barely survived, I barely can walk and I barely catch my next breath. Mm. I realized I need help. I cannot help myself. At that time, I was thinking about how how can I get out of this terrible situation? So I searched what I what what I can and I remember when I was young I listened to my mom reading a story, and in that story, it tell me that there is God. There is God that saw everything, and he, he had compassion. He right. sent his angel to rescue the small children and the woman from the bad person. So from this story alone, I... I draw my conclusion that there is God. Right. Since my young age, I carry that that belief with me. Um, so now that I am about to to lose to lose my life, right. I thought about I thought about that God. I said, "Wow, maybe He can he can help me." So I start to pray. There's, I could not do anything else. I could not run away. I cannot go back to the work camp and I could not get help with my situation. So I start to pray and I ask God, please, God, please help me. All I want is to survive. Mm. I just want to survive long enough so that when everything changes, I can go back and find my family. So I have hope. In my in my vision, that thing will change. I have no idea how, but mm-hmm. I believe that thing will change. So I pray and ask God to help me night after night. And then one one morning, I woke up very early before everybody else. Mm-hmm. I feel like oh, I can walk out from here. I can walk out. So I sneak out. So nobody pay attention to the sick people. So mm. nobody caught me. Wow. Okay. So you got a chance to wear the kitchen. You 
rebuilt your health. You got the chance to be more nourished. You got more rest. And then, of course, the regime saw that you were able-bodied and they were like, ah, you're able-bodied. All right, back to the field you go. All right. So when did you break free uh, from the forced labor camp altogether? Toward the toward the end of four years. Wow. Almost four years in the camp. Wow. And and they start to move the camp. Where do they move to? They move us closer to the jungle. We mm-hmm. we keep getting into the jungle mm-hmm. a little bit at a time. So when I realize we are we are <laughs> going to the jungle. I didn't like it. I said, this is it. This is it. No more. Mm. I uh, I feel like God gave me a courage that yeah. time. Yeah. He gave me a courage to think about escaping. Escaping. Mm-hmm. I I had been dreaming to escape for mm. for all the four years. Mm-hmm. Always always look for my way out always thinking about escaping but i was not able to do it but right. this time this time it's enough i have enough i need to take it i need to take action so um so i decided to gather three close friends <sighs> they are close friends to me they always support me when i was so sick and all that so i asked them say I'm thinking about running away. Are you going to, would you like to come with me? You know what? All my three friends say yes. <laughs> I just, I was so happy because I couldn't do it all by myself. I was, I was frail. I've, I, I went back to being so frail again. So with, with three of my friends, I got stronger. I feel more courage more courageous so we plan map out the plan to escape so from the jungle it's very very challenging because first of all there is no gps in the jungle <laughs> no it's not. especially in the 70s there is no such a thing and and there is no electricity there is no light Right. When it's dark, it's dark, it's black. Mm-hmm. It's pitch black, right. Pitch mm-hmm. black. So we can get lost in the jungle and go around and around and around, never get out of the jungle. But mm. but God was directing us step. Oh, I'm I sure. have to tell you. God sure. direct us step. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh. Yeah, definitely to God be the glory on that. Man. Okay, yeah. so uh how how did you uh i should say how did you travel from cambodia and relocate to the united states well um after i got out from captivity i for a long long journey i found my family and then they helped me to recover my health after i was healthy again and so on um we are still in fearful situation of course our country is chaotic it's total destruction Mm -hmm. and we have no hope and we are just 
cannot trust anybody else. So my mom had an idea. She said that um, I, the oldest child, mm -hmm. the favorite one. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 the only qualified at that time. She, she put me out. She said, oh. <laughs> and, and I was crying, you know, like my, my eye was falling, you know. Right. Yeah. Four years I was dreaming about reuniting, about this this moment we had together. But mm -hmm. now I had to leave everybody. So I was yeah. not happy. I was now anxious about leaving my family behind. But but with my mom's vision, I I did it. Um, mm. Um, there is no airplane ticket. There is no passport or anything like that. We had to cross the border, the dangerous border mm. that are filled with landmines. Mm. But, but I made it. That's why I'm here, right? Yes, yeah. You're here. <laughs> I don't step on that landmine. Yeah. So... <laughs> You found your way past them. Yeah. And you dodged all of them. I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. So you get to the U.S. Unfortunately, you get there without your family in tow. Uh, where did you settle in the U.S.? Connecticut. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine coming from a tropical country and landed in Connecticut just right. before winter? Before oh. Winter. <laughs> Not only did you land in an area I did not expect, but you did so at a time <laughs> where that would be such a culture and physical shock to you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. God, I have a sense of humor. Yes, yes, he does. Uh, <laughs> okay, I guess I'll ask, how was your first winner <laughs> in Connecticut? Confusing. Oh, no. <laughs> I have no idea how to dress up for the winter. Oh, no. I came with a flip-flop. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. And if, oh, yes, and there's certain days there, if the temperature gets to 30 degrees at in the daytime, you're lucky. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I was expecting you to say Florida or California or, or heck, even Arizona. I was no. not expecting Connecticut. Oh my no, gosh. God have a better plan for me. Yeah, he definitely must have had a better plan for you. Wow. Okay. Uh, okay, so all right, why did you land in Connecticut? Because my only relative that sponsored me to come, he was in Connecticut. Okay. All right. So but, okay. but here's another kicker. Oh, no. My relative need to move out from Connecticut before I arrive. Imagine that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. Yes. When I arrived to JFK Airport mm -hmm. uh, in New York, right. I was waiting. I was waiting for my uncle to come to pick me up. Right. He, then he was not there. He He was. He moved out of Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> oh and we didn't have the cell phone or anything to communicate. So, uh, But anyway, um, God had another plan for me. So 
I have a group of people in the church mm -hmm. who dedicated to provide some service to the new arrival, the refugee people. So that's why I got involved in the care of the Christian people. Right. Right. Mm. Yeah. God may have a sense of humor, but Lord, the purpose is so great. Uh, oh, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> with Sarah M. on the other side. Of course, Steph Curry with Tim Anderson. Jordan Alvarez. And it's caught! Debo Samuel with the catch! Michael Jordan can sense the throw just got the king! BS3 Network. The hottest of hot takes. The coldest of cold hard facts. This is Snowman in the Morning with Gold Johnson. Weekdays at 8 a.m. Eastern. Check your local listings for your viewing and listening pleasure. What do you get when you watch or listen to the Life Happens podcast? Well, I'll let them tell you. Kim and I are both ministers of the gospel and the Life Happens podcast is... A beautiful balance by simply taking our spirituality with real life and merging it together to create a beautiful balance. And that's what we do. BS3 Network proudly presents Life Happens Podcast, where Christianity and life intersect. Live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Central. You want to watch these interviews commercial free? Well, now you can. Revelations is on Patreon. Become a patron today. Author, public speaker, videocast co-host, Sarah M. joins me on Revelations. She's opened the way. She's walked across that bridge with me. She's giving the reason why she is who she is. And now it is time to bring all of that to light. Now, all of us shine in a unique way, and obviously throughout this episode, you see how unique Sarah shines. And so you compiled all of this 
information, all of your experience and all of your travails into this book where I remember a, a movie where it was titled similarly. And the movie was the 1984 film, The Killing Fields. You titled yours, How I Survived the Killing Fields. So how did the book come to existence? The book come to existence, um, there's a, a few a few reasons. Um, throughout a couple, a few decades, some of my close friends asked me about my story. So I, I told them one by one, and they always encouraged me to write, to put it in the book. But I always dismissed the idea until one year, I was invited to speak at the women group. And I found out that one of the women in that group, she lost her child to suicidal. And that shocked me. My To my naivety, I, I did not believe what I heard. I said, wow, people live in this prosperous country mm-hmm. still are not happy and yeah. still take their own life. What yeah. if they heard about my story? What if they learn about my my trauma? Right. They might change their mind. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what turned the switch on. Mm-hmm. I said I might be able to use my story to help the next people. Wow. So so that's another reason why I wrote my book. And I am so glad you did. Oh, wow. You not only are an author and not only are you a public speaker, you also host a video cast and it's called From Surviving to Thriving. And you do so with fellow genocide survivor, I should say, and thriver, really, uh, Leah Tran. So how did you two meet? How was this creation born and do you get fed the the wonderful message that you're sent that you two send to others when you see the results of seeing your message reach people? Yes, um how this show come about is first one of my friends introduced me to Lee. Mm-hmm. Um through a national association of, of, of speakers, speakers, a national association. And they met and um, my friend thought that I need to connect with Lee because Lee is from Vietnam and I'm from Cambodia. Right. We have similar journey. So, and then we correspond on email a few times and then finally we got to meet in February on Valentine's Day 2020. Mm-hmm. That's one month before the the pandemic. Wow. <laughs> we met in person once. <laughs> and we just connect. We just love. We just appreciate each other. And and we we part our way. I said, Lee, whatever you need to have to do, I can help you. So that's that's what I left with her. And then the pandemic come, and she's she's a type A person. <laughs> she, she she's really nervous about this. Oh, what can I do? And and she called me. She says, Sarah, 
oh, we need to do something. And I have an idea. Why don't we do a live, Facebook live show, okay. something to encourage people? Because yeah. we have been in the panic situation, stressful and fearful time in our life, but mm -hmm. we got over it. So we want to inspire people not to worry too much because, you know, we want to calm the people down. So that's our original purpose. Wow, that is so, nice. So we get together every day, every weekday, Monday through Friday for wow. 30 minutes from 5 to 5.30 every day. <clears throat> we, we get together on Zoom and we record it and then post it and then later on we get fancy we do live <laughs> <laughs> so we talk about everything we talk about contentment we talk about resentment we talk about appreciation about gratitude about everything everything that we can think of and then um about five months later we decided to invite some guests because a lot of people have their thriving story as well so we want to hear from other people right and we want those people that overcome life and to to share their journey with with the audience so right. that's why we are keep doing this so since march 2020 until yeah. now we are still doing it that is impressive. Wow. Mm. And I'm glad you both are. I, I'm glad you both are. And I'm glad you, you draw inspiration from each other and you seemingly draw inspiration from others who tell you stories of how they overcome as well. That is, that's the beauty, especially in the Christian, <laughs> Christian life. That's the beauty of it all. All right. So when you are in front of a crowd and you speak, and you tell your wonderful story because it is wonderful in so many different facets and ways. What is the one thing you want people to take away from knowing in their hearts when they hear you tell your story? A different other, a different depending on the group. Okay. Some group need hope. Some group need to build their resilience. Mm-hmm. Some people need to reconcile with their family. So there's so many core values that I share with them. But the, the, the common thread of all is living on purpose with love. When you have love, your purpose is going to be good because you are doing it with with love in your heart, you cannot go wrong. When when the people came to take over Cambodia, because they, they did not have love in their heart, they have hate and um, resentment. That's why it caused so much destruction. But when we do something with, with love in our heart, we cause a lot of good in the world. So whatever we do, do it with our love.
author, public speaker, co-host of a video cast. Sarah M. joins me on Revelations. And now it is time that we call Plug Tuning in in honor of hip-hop group De La Soul. This is when the guest gets the chance to promote any and everything on his, or in Sarah's case, her heart's desire. So with that being said, Sarah, whatever is on your heart, the floor is yours. No, thank you, Cole. I um I just want everybody to get a hold of my book, How I Survived the Killing Field. And I'll show you how it looked like. There's a few books that similar have similar title, but this is my book, How I Survived the Killing Field. You can find it on my website only, sarahm.com. S-A-R-A-I-M.com. And I also do speaking. So when you have a gathering of any kind and you would like somebody to inspire your audience, reach out to me. So if, if it is too far for me to travel to, I can always do it on online, on video like this. Um, don't be afraid to reach out. And I also now decided to add another component of my service is to provide coaching. If you struggle with your past, with your self-esteem, if you have been abused, you have been hurt, and you want to recover, but you just run out of options and you don't know how, I might be able to help you to give you some suggestions through my coaching, through using my experience. I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a counselor, but I'm, I can be your mentor. So reach out to me. You can visit my website, sarahm.com. Um, if you have a story, a, a, a wonderful um, surviving story or overcoming story and you want to share on my platform, reach out to me as well. We can share share your story and write up the world. Mm-hmm. So um, I just hope that you will connect with me. Uh, you can always go to my website. There's a tab, it's called Discovery. Just click on Discovery on my website. You will reach me and schedule 30-minute consultation with me, free, free consultation so that we can discover discover whether I can support, how I can support you. I will support you, but how, how? So reach out. I appreciate you and thank you for watching. Um, I hope that you follow me on social media. I'm pretty active on Facebook and LinkedIn. So those are the two platforms that I'm more active, but, I hope our, our path will, will cross and I can help you. Thank you. Wow. Wonderful inspiration right there. Uh, author, public speaker, co-host of a video cast, a life coach, and just an all-around wonderful human being with a great story. But she's a better human being. Sarah M., Joining me on Revelations, thank you so much for this time, Sarah. I totally appreciate it and you. 
thank you so much, Cole. Your show is amazing. Oh, you, you create this wonderful show and I appreciate you having me as your guest. And, you know, if you ever want to be on somebody else's show, like my show, just reach out. Okay. <laughs> I will take you up on that offer. Thank you, Sarah. <laughs> wow. The human condition is a powerful one, if you allow it to be. Sure, there is fragility to life no matter how you live it, but the power of perseverance is a motivating factor like none other. This physically diminutive woman suffered abduction, torture, and abuse, only to live a rich life far after that. The Bible says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. There is a woman who held on to that promise while being starved, worked inhumanely, and left for dead at a hospice. But that suffering is nothing compared to the rich testimony Sarah M. has now. Whoever said that there was a point of no return did not meet this woman, for perseverance certainly finished its work with her. Many thanks to Sarah M. for her inspiring story and her perspective on life. And why don't you join us each and every Tuesday where you will see a different person being interviewed by yours truly each week. For changing the world one conversation at a time. I'm Cole Johnson, and this has been Revelations. For tuning into Revelations. To download this episode, go to ACAST and type Revelations. For apparel, go to Spring and type Revelations. Music by Lakey Inspired. Mm-hmm.